Hello and welcome to The 100 Podcast. It's Ed and Charlie here with you. Hope you're well. Today, we're continuing our team preview series, previewing every single men's and women's side ahead of the 2023-100 season. And today, we're focusing on the Birmingham Phoenix men, a side, Charlie, that we have loved watching over the past couple of years. Real entertainers, question this year, can they take that entertainment, get to the top of the league table and potentially win a trophy? Well, obviously, I'm quite biased here, but genuinely, I reckon the squad they've got here has every chance of taking an extra step. They've got so many bases covered here, so many all-rounders, so much quality. This is one of the teams to beat, in my opinion. Now, let's get something out of the way very quickly. When you look through this Birmingham Phoenix lineup, Moeen Ali, Ben Duckett, Chris Wokes, all playing Test cricket for England right now. Charlie, what do we know about their availability for the 100? Well, we're not 100% sure, but the general upshot currently is that players more or less are deciding for themselves. So, for example, Harry Brook has come out and said he's going to be with the Superchargers from the very first game. Ben Stokes, for example, probably not going to be there. He's going on holiday. He's not going to play at all, I would not imagine. So it's very much up to the players to do what they want, I think. But you look at these three Phoenix guys in question, Moen Ali, he's going to want to play. You know who he is. He loves this team. He loves his competition. Likewise, Ben Duckett loves his form of the game. He's got himself a big money move to decide that he was very, very openly courting the whole off-season. So you think they're going to be keen to play. Wokes, see, I'm not sure about. But even he has been quite a prominent part of the press um, for the Phoenix going forward in this competition. So there's every chance that these three players play the majority, if not the entire competition. Given how prominently Babarazm has featured in the hundreds draft promotions uh, in recent <laughs> times, I, I don't buy into much of the promotion stuff, but I, I do think it's likely we see uh, Moeen and Duckett. Maybe they give themselves a game or two off. I, I wonder if Moeen doesn't bowl for a lot of this tournament. And because of that um, finger injury we've seen with a lot more bowling has had to do with the hard scenes of the Duke's ball uh, in the Ashes series. I don't, don't think missing Moen Ali's hospital will be too big a miss, given the, produ- the the way this side works, which you'll get into. Works, I think, is the, the bigger question. I wonder if he misses two or three games. But I would expect to see them all in the back half of the tournament. And, you know, if they do miss games, there's obviously going to be concerns there. We can get to that in a moment. But first, let's talk about this batting lineup, Charlie. And I want to start with Will Smead, who has had a fantastic couple of years, obviously broke through in the first ever tournament in the 120-21. Just a, a really fantastic player and has, I think, kicked on this year. And you look at his stats for Somerset in the T20 Blast, averaging 30, striking 175. I think he's finding a new level to his game. And I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing in some overseas franchise tournaments very soon. Yeah, he's really kicked on a gear. I think a lot of this is due to how self-aware he is as a cricketer and how willing he is to identify his weaknesses and work on them and improve them. I think it was very clear to anyone who's watched a lot of Will Smead that he's been typically quite weaker against left-arm sweet against left-arm seam bowlers, particularly with the new ball bowling over the wicket at him and against spinners like later on uh, towards the middle overs. And it's gone away in the winter. And he clearly made some subtle tweaks to his technique and, and his stance at the crease that has made him appear to the naked eye significantly stronger against both of those types of bowling. But more to the point, 
his numbers would suggest that he has improved too. He's got a little back and across trigger movement now. He's opened himself up slightly at the crease. So he's just got that more time at the crease to work out the angle to open up his body and hit through the offside. And he's just so much less vulnerable now against the swinging new ball with the left armour. It's a really good thing to see when a player is willing to work on their game and improve their weaknesses. And with Will Smead, you've seen it come to fruition. His numbers this year have been really, really strong. I think he's going to be very important for this side because he is a cracking cricketer. And what's really nice as well is I think they complement him very well this year. Uh, ben Duckett, obviously, great player of spin. I th- uh, we, we think he's going to um, open the batting for them. Um, in the 100. And I think I think he's a really nice compliment. And I also think Moen Ali, if you want to shift him up the order, actually is a very nice foil to Will Smead. I think my concern about this batting order, if there is one, Charlie, is whilst there's lots of quality, there are some players who quite aren't quite in top quality form. And I think there's a kind of good side and a bad side. Um, to what we might see from the Birmingham Phoenix batting. The good side is obviously the talent. Smee, Duckett, Livingston, Moeen, Shadab Khan, we think is going to bat in the middle order. Dan Mosley is a player we're very excited about as well. Um, plenty of talent, and there's a bit of bang depth as well with Chris Benjamin, Benny Howell, Chris Wokes. The question is, formerly in Livingston, obviously a very talented player. I think we all expect him to come good. Hasn't had the best 2023. Dan Mosley, super talented cricketer, but the Birmingham Bears this year... He's not quite set the world alight, averaging 20, striker out of 134. There's loads of talent here, but it, it does feel like they they all a couple more players need to really hit form for me to be thinking this is the best batting lineup in the tournament, which I think it very well could be if a couple of these players really hit their stride. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable concern. I will say to caveat the Livingstone point that yes, he's not had the kind of season that you'd expect of him. But then to be honest, I don't know what's in the water at Lancashire this year, but you could argue that with the exception of Daryl Mitchell and um, Luke Wells, nobody has really had a particularly strong season for them. There's just been a weird vibe at Old Trafford this year and they haven't really clicked at all. So I would take that into account with him. I do agree that there is a wider point to be made here and that the drop-off between the names we've mentioned so far, the likes of Smee, Duckett, Livingstone, Ali, Shadab Khan, to the bench players that would occupy those positions if these players were to miss games through England duty or through injury is quite significant. And that's largely because of the philosophy of this side. They're very, very strong on getting young, high-potential players into the setup and essentially retaining them and developing them for years to come. And that's very much how they've worked over the years. And it's brought them great success for the likes of Will Smead, mostly Chris Benjamin, all at various points. What it does mean, however, is that you've got a lot of players here that might not be ready to make the kind of impact that you know the players in that starting eleven are capable of doing. So you do run that risk there. And I think it's a strategy that has a lot of merits, but in the short term, it might not pay off for them as well as other players available to them in the draft could have done. Chris Benjamin this year, averaging 16 in the blast, striking at 135. Uh, Miles Hammond at uh, Gloucestershire, um, he's averaged 17.5, striking at 122. Jamie Smith, talented young player. I don't think he's a 100-level player yet. Personally, he might be, but averaging 22, striking at 122. I think you have to have some concern there. And look, Jacob Bethel, look, I, I, I can't wait to see what Jacob Bethel will do in the future, but... He's not played all the games. 
um, for Birmingham this year. And I know he's coming off injury. He has got a good strike rate, though. So I'm excited about Bethel. But the point is, I think that's a worthwhile consideration, is that Jamie Smith, Miles Hammond, Chris Benjamin, I'm not sure that all of them are playing a standard where you need them to be in the 100 for 2023. Definitely young talent there. But I think it is a concern that in the draft, they came out with Miles Hammond and Jamie Smith and a player like Michael Pepper was available to them. And I do think that there have been, you know, you can look at the long-term stuff and this might pay off in two, three years. And, and you know, maybe we, we look a bit short-sighted, but I do think they could have got in better players for 2023. And at some point you have to win a trophy. So I do think that's a fair point. What I will say though, is if these players come into form, you've got to love how this batting line works. We've already mentioned the top order and the foils that you can have for Will Smead. Shadow Khan's a fantastic player of spin. Love Dan Mosley. You've got batting depth as well. Benjamin Howell works. If this all comes together, Charlie, this is a really formidable batting line that's going to cause a lot of damage. 100%. And this is what I think the crux of this podcast should be about. Yes, you, you could quibble about some of the, the bench depth here, but I think most importantly and most excitingly is how well balanced this batting lineup is here. You've got more or less a right-hander, left-hander, right-hander, left-hander, the entire way down that top six. You can alternate. You've got spin hitters and pace hitters the whole way down as well to alternate. You've got matchup breakers all over the place there. You can basically send in whichever guy you think is the most appropriate player to send in at any point in the game and not really leave you short anywhere else. That's what's so special to me about this batting lineup on paper. You can play the situation so easily with so much flexibility in this top six. I think this is a really, really important factor in the 100. Now let's get into the uh, spin attack, which is, in fact, the top six in this side. You don't see many teams take this approach, but we have the the spin, all all four of their um, spinners that they might use carded from three to six. Liam Livingston with his matchup offies and leggies. Moeen Ali, I don't think he's going to bowl much in this tournament. I think they'll trust Dan Mosley's off spin instead, given the amount of overs that he's bowled in the test matches. But maybe he'll you know come in when necessary. And then you've got Shadab Khan's leg spin, which is real the, the trump card. Basically, you have Shadab Khan's leg spin, which I think is obviously a fantastic weapon to have. Then you basically have three matchup um, matchup spinners um, to go alongside it. Livingston's got a real um, rare skill set, which I think is uh, super exciting, as we know. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a different spin attack than pretty much any spin attack I've, I think we'll really ever see uh, again or before. I don't know, but. I think it can be super, super effective, um, especially when you get Shadow Khan going in those middle overs. It's a truly modern spin attack in that they're all multi-skilled players. There is, in fact, in their top seven, there is only a single player with a single skill set, and that's Will Smead. All of the rest are either bowlers, and not just matchup bowlers, but genuine bowling options, or keepers. Mm. And that says volumes about this side now they're constructed but on the spin attack specifically i think it's really exciting obviously shadab khan is is a world-class quality operator there dan mosley has been bowling very nicely for the birmingham bears this year really effective he is quite a quick bowler quite skiddy quite darty which i think is different to how moeen ali will typically bowl so you despite the fact that two off spinners there you have two very different cricketers and i agree that i think Moeen Ali will happily give Mosley more responsibility with the ball this year. I don't know how, what his his um, his finger is looking like right now, but I feel like he'd probably not necessarily hate a rest right now with the ball. 
Uh, I feel like he'd be well-deserved if he did choose to to do that. And given how well Mosey's been bowling, I don't feel like he will um, necessarily see it as a huge downgrade either. I think he'll be more than happy to do that. I think you just got so many bases covered there. And I think it's a truly unique spin attack, but a very exciting one that we know would accept the Shadab Khan, like Sir Livingstone and Ali have brought much success for the Phoenix in the last couple of years in the middle overs. And I feel like Shadab Khan only brings it to a new level. Yeah, and Dan Mosley, by the way, had 15 matches in the Blast this year, averaging uh, over three overs a game. Wickets, 21 of them, coming at 17. Economy at 7.42. He has bowled difficult overs as well. Um, he's a perfect modern off-spinner, as I believe we've crept on the show before. He's a batter. Um, but but that off-spin is really useful. And I think also he brings a bit of phase versatility. I think you might be able to use him a little bit in the power play, uh, which I think will be quite helpful. So I think they're well sorted out there. Then we get on to um, the rest of the attack. And I call it the rest of the attack because I don't think Benny Howell will class himself as a seamer. Um, but uh, a very, very classy middle overs option, as we, as we know. But you go down from eight onwards, you've got Benny, who's obviously going to operate in the middle overs, has a huge success over the years. Chris Wokes, Adam Milne, Ken Richardson. Now, if you don't have Chris Wokes on the side, you have a choice between Tom Hell, who had a very good season last year, vast experience, and the very exciting young, quick Henry Brooks. So they do almost come in waves a little bit, the Phoenix, where previously they've been done by injuries and they might be done again. And um, you do have a little bit of depth there. And with Wokes, Richardson, Helm, you have very different skill sets from all of them. Wokes, someone you, you really want to give the new ball, can move it a little bit, take early wickets. We know the pace Adam Milne brings, and goodness, how good was he in the first ever season of 100? And then Kane Richardson hasn't had the best tournament for Kent in the blast, but in previous years has been really effective bowling death, his slower balls, whacking it into the wicket. It's a versatile pace attack with a lot of experience, and I really like the way they shape up. I agree. I think this is the real strength for them this season, how things change. Obviously, in the very first season of the Men's 100, the, the seam attack was the Achilles heel of this side, the one thing that really lost them the tournament in that final just couldn't compete with the Southern Brave. Now, their seam attack is genuinely very exciting and really well-rounded. What I particularly like here is how much role clarity you have. I think you look at all the seamers in their squad and it's very clear what each of them is there to do. You said Chris Wokes, He's going to operate in the power play when he's there. That's what he's great at doing. Kane Richardson, great at the death. Adam Melm will do a bit at the top, bit at the bottom. Tom Helm also can do a bit at the top, bit at the bottom. But he's a different kind of bowler to Adam Milne, so you have the variety there. And then Henry Brooks comes in as someone who is very handy during the middle overs as an enforcer. He bowled a great effect in that role for the Phoenix last year. That's something he can do that I would argue none of the other seamers in this attack can really do. And I think that's what makes it so exciting is that they all know exactly what they're doing. And I know role clarity is a bit of a buzzword right now, but I think it is that way for a reason. Players like knowing exactly what it is they're doing in this side so they can focus on honing their skills and being the best at that job as they possibly can be. And I look at this bowling attack here, I see so much raw clarity. So that makes these players' lives a lot easier. I think the, the question here a little bit is form. Kay Richardson not had the, the best blast for Kent. Um, he's been a little bit expensive over throughout the 2023 T20 blast. Um, he, in fact, he's been going nearly 11 runs and over in only seven games. Um, so, you know, it's more summer stuff. And he has been very, very good for a while in a lot of tournaments. But think a little bit of form there. Benny Howell hasn't been at full fitness, which will also be a slight concern there. So I think this is the, the crux of things. Uh, again, as we always say, 
um, with the Birmingham Phoenix. Love how the matchup spin works, and it's nice that they have a gun leg in Shadow Khan. That is a, a real boost to the side. But I think we do have to be concerned about the gust of wind for the seam attack. Again, is Chris Wilkes to be fully available? Is Adam Milden to play the whole tournament? What's Benny Howell's fitness? I, I do think you have a couple of concerns there. What I will say is that with Tom Helm and Henry Brooks, even if Brooks has been a bit expensive this year, you, you do have some options who can come off the bench and they are 100 caliber players who can make an impact for you. And ultimately, I think that's all you can do in this scenario is have depth on the bench and know that they can come and deliver for you if you need it. 100%. There's only so much you can do in terms of preventing injuries. I feel like at some point you just have to accept in the modern game with seam bowlers, they're going to get injured sometimes. Uh, there's not really a great deal you can do about that, except as they have done, make sure they recruit some quality backups. And they have done just that. I feel like as far as 100 level backup seam attacks goes, Hellman Brooks is one of the better ones you're going to get in terms of domestic players who can come in and do your job in specific roles. You're not going to get too much better. And to be fair to the Phoenix, last year, the worst case scenario happened on paper in that their entire frontline team attack went down injured. Wokes went down. Mill never made it over. He was injured. And uh, Ollie Stone, of course, was injured naturally. Um, and we thought, well, that's a big problem for them. But it turned out that their team attack ended up being arguably their strength because mm-hmm. Helm and Brooks came in and Kane Richardson came in and they all did exceptionally well. So I'm not as worried about that as I would have been in the past. I think they've got a really solid unit there and I think they're going to come through and deliver. We know now that they can do it. So on paper, and it's on paper, this is a very exciting team attack. Yeah, versatile batting, match-up spin, a seam attack with depth. This Birmingham Phoenix side, I feel very good about because I think it has addressed the weaknesses of previous years. I am concerned about having Chris Benjamin in there at seven and not really having any competition from him from the bench and Smith and Hammond and maybe Bethel. That is a concern to me, but I do think this is a really good side. I think this is a side that's going to compete for the top three and, and I really see them as one of the front runners in this competition. What's your vibe check for the Phoenix in 2023, Charlie? I agree. I think they've fixed some key issues from previous seasons. They've got a left-hander who can open the batting with Will Smead and hit the spin in Ben Duckett. We all knew this was going to be the perfect fit for them, and they've done it. They've got seam depth to back up their very strong front-the-line attack. They've also got so much variety with the ball during the middle overs, and there's generally so many brilliant matchup options that they can have with the bat. So many different partnerships they can kind of play to their advantage. I really don't see any weakness with the exception of maybe a few of the inexperienced players with the bat on the bench. So I think this is absolutely one of the sides to be alongside the Trent Rockets. I'll be very surprised if they're not at the very least in the top three come the end of this competition. Well, there we are. There is our team preview for the 2023 Birmingham Phoenix men's side. You can find a preview for every single one of the men's and women's team in the 100. It's all on our feed and coming soon. Check out our Twitter page or X page at Podcast 100 for more. But for now, thank you very much for listening and we'll speak to you next time. Mm-hmm.